0: Welcome back to the Sound of Southern Charm podcast. I'm Stephen George, your host. Today we're discussing nonprofit work. Megan Smoot and her husband co-founded JawWorks, which brings sustainable freshwater containment systems, among other things, to communities in Jamaica. Full disclosure, my wife and I donate to their cause every year. Megan is here to talk more about running a nonprofit and how it's impacted her career. Megan, thanks for being here.
1: Hi, Stephen. Thank you very much for having me today.
0: Absolutely. So, Megan... What made you want you and your husband want to start JawWorks?
1: There are a lot of things, and I think we'll we'll get into it as we go through our chat today. But really, as far as wanting to get into the nonprofit world, so we actually started what would become JawWorks as a project within our home church in Walkertown, North Carolina, and so we we did a lot of mission trips to Jamaica at, during that time, and got to the point where being a project within a church was as far as we could get. And we really wanted to expand our programming, and we really wanted to set down our roots as a 501c3. So in 2016, that's what we did, and we got incorporated in early 2017, and so here we are today.
0: Wow. So it was something that you sort of branched off from, from your church. That's pretty incredible that you sort of had this experience and then you said, no, we want to go further with it. So what other types of service projects have you done prior to starting your own?
1: So as I mentioned, we were uh, within our church, we were active there too. And so volunteering um, in Winston-Salem, Walkertown, Kernersville, Greensboro area, Um, working with the homeless population and and things like that. I wanted to tell a little story about the first time I got involved with volunteering. And this was way back in high school. Please do. (laughs) So I was in a class called design drafting, which was like AutoCAD back in the day. And it was taught by a man named Bill McComb, and Bill McComb was one of those teachers who was just like your favorite teacher and was engaging and all of that. And so within this class, he had us work on doing fundraisers throughout the year, which would go towards the Children's Miracle Network. Um, this was in Charlotte, North Carolina. And so we, as a class, did fundraisers, had the most fun together to do that, raise these funds, and that was all fine and good. And then at the end of the semester, he organized a field trip to go to the hospital to actually meet these children and that were sick and give them gifts and just like spend time with them to help try to give them a little happiness in the sure. midst of being in the hospital. Yeah, And that has stuck with me since, you know, I was like 17 years old and that was the first opportunity I really had to give back and see the impact of what the work I had done meant to the person on the receiving end of it. So Shout out to Mr. McComb for getting (laughs) me started on this give back journey um, and to all the teachers who inspire their students to do the same.
0: Absolutely. And there's a lot of inspiration coming around these days and every day. Uh, And I think now it's more important than ever. So tell us kind of what is your role as a co-founder of JawWorks?
1: So there are three of us there. uh, You mentioned my husband, TJ, and we also have another co-founder, Brandon. We all have a passion for this work. And so also being a fairly new, newly structured 501c3, we've just kind of jumped in wherever we needed to as we're learning like how to do nonprofit, right? Like we know how to do the work involved, but how to like be a nonprofit organization. Okay. Particularly for me, I do kind of the the accounting side of the house, so everything that has to do with like financial reporting, tax reporting, you know, all the all the like boring stuff. Like I don't know how I got <laughs> stuck with that, but that's what I do. And I actually probably because I do enjoy it, like numbers and stuff like that. It's kind of my background, but like I I do enjoy doing that. I also manage the website and our blog that's on our website. Okay, um, and then all of us kind of pitch in right now to work on fundraising and communications and mainly decisions with our programs and like you know the day-to-day operations of the programs and then also the big strategic questions about like where we go next.
0: Okay so I think most people would be interested in knowing how you and your husband get along running a company together because if you think about it a lot of couples are at home right now anyway, but they're in their separate offices and doing their own kind of jobs but you two actually work on this together and so I'm curious to know how that's uh, helped you guys or sort of figure each other out or how you just get along running the company
1: yeah that's a great question i I will say we still work on that um, sure. we do have we did because of covid um so in my in my day job um, that is not job works and I know we'll probably get to that a little later. I am working from home now because of COVID. And so that in itself was enough to get us to like redo our office space, like just thinking about the physical space of working together so that we both had a place to work and we both have a desk to work. So I think that's really important, at least for us, is to have our own separate spaces. They're in the same room, okay. but to be able to have that place where we sit and work. So that's the first thing that's really helped. I think just kind of at a more relationship level, like we've figured out where each other's strengths are. And, you know, when we need help with something, that's the other person's strength to really lean on them. And so it's really a partnership. And that's how we viewed our marriage since the beginning. But it's awesome to see it actually come through in business because I know it can, and it is, can be stressful and is stressful sometimes. Sure. But like my strengths, I'm more analytical. I'm more the planner. I have a background in project management. So I kind of like go towards that side. And then he's more in tune with like the people side of things and helps me keep things human. So when I'm like marching towards a deadline, he's like, We might want to just consider how people feel for a minute. I'm like, you know, that's a really great point. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Right. No, and I think that that's great that you two can, can coexist and really do this together because clearly if you started a nonprofit, you're going to be planning on doing this together for a very long time. So I want to know why did you, and you talked about, Working with your church and sort of going to Jamaica—is that sort of why you decided to stay with Jamaica, or did you ever look anywhere else to do this sort of nonprofit work?
1: Um, we we have thought about other places. Wow, there's a lot to unpack there. I'll do my best. So, speaking of working with my husband, the reason this became about Jamaica in the first place was we honeymooned. In rural Bluefields, Jamaica, which is where we currently work, okay, and we we had no plans to go to Jamaica. Long story short, we ended up being gifted airplane tickets for um, as a wedding gift from a wow. relative, and they were like, "If you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go?" And I think it was T.J. just blurted out, "Jamaica sounds great." <laughs> like. I guess it, we were planning to just, like, go up in the mountains of North Carolina sure. and get a little cabin for a week. Yeah. And so this came along, and we're like, okay. And so started, literally Google searched off the beaten path Jamaica because we knew if we were going to another country that we wanted to be around people who live there and learn the culture and eat the food, you know, and all of this amazing stuff. Yeah. So we ended up staying in these little cabins in Bluefields, Jamaica. And during that week we were there, we met a man named Woldy Christos. He had just started his tourism business. So this was back in 2003. That's, it's been a little while. But he, he came by where we were staying and offered to take us up to a place called Mayfield Falls, which is the most beautiful waterfalls that I've seen. But during that trip, it was about a 45 minute car ride. He was telling us about all the work all the community development work that Bluefields was already doing and had been doing since 1988. So they had an organization formed right there in the hub of the community. It's called the Bluefields People's Community Association or the BPCA. Okay. And he was just so passionate about the work that they were doing to feed everyone make sure everyone has food, jobs, and education and that the environment is taken care of. And it's so important as a rural fishing and farming community to have those things in place. And he talked a lot about sustainability, not only from like the environmental side, but from the community side. And we were just amazed at that. Then coupled with the love and the generosity and the hospitality that we experienced in just that one short week of being in that place from all the people that we encountered, across the street we went to a cook shop almost every day for lunch nice they treated us like family we had people who invited us to their homes for dinner you know and i'm like we are strangers here in a strange land right Right. but like they all welcomed us like family so fast forward a little bit but we we stayed in touch with with Woldy over the years. And now he's one of our partners and he's a very important piece of Jaworks, and we could not do this without him. So he, he is our representative, one of our representatives of the Bluefields community that helps us figure out ways that we can partner with them on what they're already doing.
0: Isn't it amazing how things work out that way where, you know, like you said, you were going to go on your honeymoon and thinking mountains of North Carolina and no, we're just gonna drop off somewhere right in the middle of Jamaica in the Caribbean and see what happens.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes like it's a random, right, right. <laughs> random, random thing that happened. But yeah, yeah,
0: because you know, my wife and I, we've been to Jamaica multiple times, and we've been to, I think they categorize it into three separate sections. You've got Montego Bay and Negril and Ocho Rios. Sort of the size of the island, and we've driven through Kingston, but you know prior to uh, learning about your organization, she and I had not known anything about blue the bluefields community, so it was just really kind of neat to see your story and how made it your mission to sort of go into these other communities and really help them out. I have to assume that jaw works is is a sort of Jamaican reference to something. Would you like to tell people at home? You know, what does Works mean exactly and where the name came from?
1: Jaw is not a word that Americans know unless right. you're kind of in like that reggae culture or, or you're Jamaican or, you know, related to Jamaicans or, or whatnot. So Jaw is actually short for Jehovah or, in other words, God. And so it's kind of like that part of our name is kind of a throwback to our days starting within a church as a project. Um, and also speaks to the Jamaican culture at the same time. And so we really wanted to incorporate that. The works part of it, and if you translate as God, it's God works. And so we believe that faith without action is dead. And so taking action or doing the work is so important. And it takes a lot of work. (laughs) As anyone who's in nonprofit or or any, not even a nonprofit, but if you're doing work to improve the lives of others, or even yourself, (laughs) it's work. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. And so it does take that time and effort to really dive in and, and get it done. And so the other cool thing about that name is we, so we, we had incorporated we were getting I'm sorry we were getting ready to incorporate we knew we were going to go this route and we didn't have a name yet and we were actually in Jamaica sitting on Belmont Beach which is in Bluefields with Woldy Um, it was myself Brandon TJ Woldy and then one of our friends down there named King King Love and we were we were telling what we were doing we're like you know we've been down here a number of times we've done this work but now we're ready to make this a business like What are some names we could call it? And like almost immediately King is like, you know what you should call it? And I'm not even going to try to attempt to do a a Jamaican accent, but (laughs) he's like, you know what you should call it? You should call it Jaworks because you're doing the work of God. And I was like, oh, okay. I think that's it. It was on our, this was on our short list of names was Jaworks. And he said it without us even prompting. So I'm like, I think that's probably it. And so as soon as we got home, we filed the paperwork to incorporate under JotWorks. So, so that's, that's what it is.
0: That's a great story. What have you done in your career that you think has helped you prepare to run a nonprofit?
1: So I have a background in finance and banking. I worked at a credit union for many years and one of my first careers, um, career jobs. And then I was there doing many different types of jobs within it. So I gained a lot of experience there. So just basic finance, banking, project management. I am a certified project manager by trade. (laughs) And so just being able to organize work and get it done. More recently, I've been doing um, at my day job, uh, my new day job um, at a different financial institution. I do business model development. So really trying to create new business opportunities, create value for customers, Uh, all of that helps translate into both our administrative needs. Like I mentioned, like I do the books, right? So like I wouldn't have known how to do that without having my background. And then also with our program development and the design of that. And so not only the programs and services that we offer on the ground, But then also our impact travel program where we bring volunteers from the U.S. to Jamaica to help execute on some of the programs. But like being able to develop that so that it creates a value for them as well as for the people who we're delivering services to. And so I pull on all of that type of experience it's funny because it goes both ways because I do learn while I'm doing this for job works. I learn even more also to do that when I bring it back to my, my daily work.
0: Absolutely. And it's, and it's awesome to see that, yeah, they both can kind of feed off each other and sort of refresh you and help you find new ways to be successful in whatever terms that looks like for you in each, uh, job. Because like you said, you do have a day job on top of running a nonprofit. So, Do you have any long-term plan or a set of goals that you want to reach with JawWorks?
1: We do. Yeah, we actually, um, towards the end of last year, and I'm going to tell a little story about this too, um, (laughs) but towards the end of last year, because we were not traveling, we participated in a growth, small business growth accelerator program that was offered through the uh, Greensboro Chamber of Commerce Okay, that's a mouthful, but (laughs) that's what we did. And it helped us take a look at that exact thing of of where we're growing and where we want to be. And so we currently align with four uh, United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, where we align our programs around that. So we have four programs, clean water, healthy food, relevant education, and then equitable jobs. So with clean water, which has been kind of our flagship program for a number of years, we're hoping to expand that. And we want to expand that. um, We talked a little bit about going outside of Bluefields, Jamaica, but we want to make sure that everyone within the community has access to clean water and then kind of in concentric circles go out from there. Okay. With the others, we're, we're wanting to start pilots in them. We've been focused a lot on the clean water and we've kind of dabbled in some of the other areas, but we think those are important too. And so as we continue to grow, we do want to work with the Bluefields community to understand the need for healthy food, figure out how to deliver that, etc. So in partnership with them to kind of build those parts of our programs up. And then also with our impact travel program, it's kind of like that program to the side because it does deliver a service as well. But we want to expand that and be bringing just more people with us to when it's safe to do so again, but to experience the culture and always go back to like TJ and I's first trip there on our honeymoon and what we experienced. And we hope that people can take that away with them and feel like their Bluefields always has a little special place in their heart. And so... We're hoping to expand that as well and bring bring more groups of travelers with us.
0: Yeah. Now, when you say that you're working on better food and that sort of thing for, for the community, what do they have access to now, for the most part, on a daily basis, if anything? And what are you trying to hopefully bring to them as options? Is there anything specific?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So the really cool thing about rural Jamaica, maybe you know, all over Jamaica even, is that fruit grows on the trees and the trees, fruit trees are everywhere. And so one of the things like people will just hand us fruit like all day long, you know, when we, when we go and visit. And so there's, that is available. And so we're really leaning on the community to help us understand what that means for them from like a culturally aware perspective. So uh,
0: we've,
1: we started partnering and working with um, the Bluefields Organic farm. Um, there's also an organization in Bluefields. It's an uh, organic farmers cooperative. I'm going to mess up the name, but there's like a group of people focused on this too. Sure. And so I think for us, it's going to mean helping to plug in into the organic farming side of things, which could also couple with, with water and water access around some agriculture, creating jobs within organic farming, we've helped with some bee, uh, beekeeping supplies in the past where people are starting up kind of their own bee colonies to create honey to be able to resell it. And so when we talk about like equitable jobs, that's one of those things that we try to bring in into any of these programs is actually creating jobs which creates income, which creates independence within any of the programs that we're doing. But I think that's the way it's going to go. I don't know exactly what the program will look like yet, but something around like just more a a healthier food and organic non-pesticide food um, availability and, you know, creating jobs to go along with that.
0: Well, and and I think you summed it up so nicely when you when basically you can see the trickle down effect of creating work and then which creates the resources for people, which leads to a better quality of life. So I think you've got, you're you, you are already seeing that. And so now it's just figuring out a way to bring that vision sort of to everyone there. And, and, they're, and they've seen it within the community too. Because you, like you said, you've been going there for more than a decade at this point. So it's really neat to kind of, I'm sure from your side, see how things have changed and how they're excited to have you back each and every time that you're able to be there. But speaking of that, being able to be there, let's talk about Uh, the impact of COVID a little bit and because I'm sure that's probably hurt you in previous years and so where or compared to previous years where is your fundraising in 2020?
1: Yeah um, it was rough (laughs) I'll say that just like everyone else Uh, or most everyone else so we in 2019 had started doing a lot of live Kind of community events. Um, We had done some like neighborhood music festivals in collaboration with a local brewery. We had done a lot of things to start to get the community together, which is also very big to us. So we try to figure out how to get people together (laughs) in community with each other while they're fundraising for, you know, clean water. And it seems to work pretty well, except when you have a pandemic on your hands. And so, you know, we couldn't do live events anymore. And so it was really cool that we still had a lot of activity with people who just wanted to help. We, I tell you what, without our monthly donors, I don't know where we would have been because they really helped with that foundation of funding that was so important to us. And I'm, so just like grateful to everyone who does that because they sustained us throughout what was the worst year yet for so many people including us right but like we are we were definitely down it kind of took us back revenue wise to where we started in 2017 so we didn't have too far to fall but we feel like we're starting over a little bit as well but it kind of did rock us back on our heels and made us think about ways we could do things differently to keep the community engaged and to continue fundraising so we're we're starting to do a little bit more of that this year um, and I think that'll continue even after the pandemic you know and we're, we're all you know free to roam and go where we need to go yes please. Um, I think we'll continue with that I know right I think we'll continue with some of that virtual gathering and like I had a zoom call with so we're not fundraising, but I had a Zoom call with a couple different organizations, one in Jamaica, one here in the U.S., and our partners in, in Jamaica to come together and talk about some possibilities. We were all on video. We got to see each other. We couldn't have done that or, you know, we wouldn't have thought to do that a year ago. There's a lot of things that have come out of it that will help us in the future. But, yeah, it's it's been kind of tough to kind of pivot and see what else we can do differently.
0: Well, sure. So. Update us all on right now with within that subject, sort of. Is there any work being done right now on the ground? since people? Can't, there is. Yes, because people can't yeah. travel. So what's going on in these communities?
1: Right, right. So what a lot of people see, like, on our social media and in what we share are when our volunteers, those impact travelers, travel with us to do this work. And so one of the things we always wanted to figure out, because that was usually like a one or maybe two time a year sure. occurrence, what we really have been wanting to figure out is how do we continue the work while we're not there. And if I go back to like thinking about or when I was talking about the the programming and, and creating jobs, like we would love to be done with this work, right? like we would love to create these programs that are circular I guess maybe circular economy based and, and, uh, you know, people have independence and hand it over to Bluefields and say, you know, you guys run with this, this is your baby and it's, it's working. So almost like a seed funding that we would give to this program to get it started and running. So anyway, so we, we've wanted to figure out how to make this work when we couldn't be there because it's just not feasible for us to be there all the time. And so we were able to work through a lot of that, what we would have done on the ground with our partners and get into all the fine details about you know how do we estimate a job how do we estimate what this rainwater catchment system material needs are going to be for this particular house and we had to work through that we had to work through like okay well who goes and gets the materials and how do we reimburse you for the materials and who do you have to come work with you on this job and how do we manage inventory so there was like all of these huge questions that honestly, we hadn't needed to think about until now. And so it really forced us into like figuring out that program. And so we've had our 45th rainwater catchment system installation happen this past year for a single woman in Bluefields without us being on the ground at all. It was our partners in in Bluefields who took that and ran with it. Okay. They've also done a number of maintenance projects on existing rainwater catchment systems so that's something that's also very important to us because we want to make sure that if these systems are installed they continue to work and so it's a pretty basic design and i'm not going to get into all the ins and outs of everything we do with it but there are a few little maintenance things that have to happen and then sometimes like you know a pipe will break off of it because someone kicked it as they walked by right so like we had to figure out that side and are still working on this but that same team was able to go around and kind of do a inventory of needs for what needed to be fixed and then they got the materials and went out and fixed it and so we were able to like now i think all of our catchment systems are up and running we have a new one that's been installed they got paid for their work at a time when tourism which the community is so dependent on has completely dropped off Right. So we were able to create those jobs at a time that they were needed the most and continue to provide water for people.
0: Wow. Yeah. So that's great to hear that they can still, you know, keep the work going and pay for people to do that work. Because, as you said, you know, the tourism industry is very strapped at the moment and not even able to really occur. So are you even able to ship anything internationally from like a donation standpoint to the Bluefields community?
1: Yeah, so we have a little bit of experience in that, and I'll talk about it in two different ways. So the first is that we do have plans coming up this year to install 10 more new rainwater catchment systems.
0: That's awesome. Um,
1: To do that, we do source our filters. We have two types of filters that we use. We source those from the U.S. um, company called Rain Harvest Systems out of Georgia. If you guys are putting in your own rain harvest systems here in the U.S., you can certainly contact them. They are an amazing partner and have really helped us to perfect our installations in Jamaica. They're helping to get that shipment together. This is actually something we're working on right now to get that sent down to Jamaica to end up in Bluefields. So we are able to ship materials. As far as donations go, a lot of times when we were traveling, we would ask for school supplies or baby or infant kind of clothing or maternity supplies. There's a women's clinic in town that we we'll donate those type of things too. So they go to the people who have the most need. Same thing with like medical supplies, things like that. But because we're not traveling, usually we, you know, stuff everything in our suitcases with our travelers and and bring it all down under the 50 pound uh, limit of your suitcase. And, and that's how we would kind of do it. But if there's someone out there who's listening, who wants to maybe make a large donation of any of those items, we can arrange that um, and they can, you know, just reach out to us through our website and we can figure out how to do that. But I would say like for, you know, a few donations here and there, just kind of be on the lookout when we're able to travel again and and we'll put a call out once we, once we have some more concrete travel plans in place.
0: Okay. So if people are looking for other ways between now and the time you can take those sort of items with you in a suitcase, if they're looking for other ways to kind of donate money that may be a little more unique, what opportunities do you have specifically for them to do that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, We have a few. And so one of those um, out on our website is a shop well i think it's called store but it's like our shop for good and so we partner with craftspeople within bluefields jamaica again the whole suitcase shipping method but um we we partner with them to purchase their creation so art craft paintings in the past we've had some um, consumables too, like some honey and some coffee that we bring home and resell and so it benefits that artist or craftsman or farmer you also get a piece of jamaica to enjoy and then the the dollars that we raise from that that sale goes back into our clean water program so there's a there's a link for that out on our website i mean people can also you know just join our mailing list and stay in touch Um, also on our website there's a place to sign up for that we ha- we're all over social media. Our Instagram is pretty nice. <laughs> TJ does that and he's a professional photographer. And so he's got that on lot. but if you want to kind of just follow that or, you know, share that with people, I mean, the more people that see the work that's going on, the more support that we'll have. One of the things that we're trying to do more of this year are some virtual events so that we can still be engaging our community um, in a way that we can right now safely, but also give back. And so we just had this really fun event where it's called Craft and Give Back, where you got your own DIY kit to make a really cool piece of decor for your home. And then by purchasing that kit, you were able to also, it was a donation to our clean water program and with that we also had partnered with a local small business so it was also supporting them and so i think that's really important during you know this time and any time is to support our local small business owners
0: that's super fun so what real quickly will you uh, give everybody at home one your your website address to check all this out and then, like you were mentioning, your Instagram handle, and that way they can kind of follow along or even join in with the upcoming events.
1: Sure. Yeah, happy to. So our website is jawworksexperience.org. It's J-A-H-W-O-R-K-S experience.org. And then our Instagram is at jawworksexperience. There, there should be links to from our website to get to it.
0: Well, that's awesome. Well, Megan, thank you so much for your time. I hope everybody gets an opportunity to check out your website, check out the different ways that they can help this community in Jamaica grow. And because your story is, it's really special. And and I think that comes across for everyone who's listening and hopefully they'll want to take part in some way.
1: Well, we welcome anyone who does. (laughs) Stephen, I really thank you for the time to share our story today. And um, it's been really great to catch up with you.
0: Be sure to subscribe to the Sound of Southern Charm podcast to hear the other guests I have coming up. If you'd like more information, you can email me at Stephen at StephenGeorgeVO.com. Thanks for listening.